Okay, Parshas Shemais and Sefer Shemais. We'll start with a quick summary of the Parsha itself, and then we'll go into the Papyrus. So we start with Eila Shemais of the Jews that come into Mitzrayim. It's just a little small family. And before you know it, they've got an explosive population. And we're not so sure if he's a real Melech Kadash or he acts like a Melech Kadash. And they start enslaving the Jews, hoping that that's going to bring down the population numbers. That doesn't work. Pari calls in the Mialdais, which are Shifro Pua, Yechev Miriam. He tells them to start killing the kids on the way out. That doesn't work. So he tells his nation to start killing every single child, even every boy, even their own sons, even the Egyptian sons, because the stargazers told him that uh, the Jewish kid, the, the Jewish savior, might not actually be Jewish. Okay, then it says Amram, who at first was divorced from his wife, Yocheved. He takes Yocheved back, he remarries her, and boom, she becomes pregnant with Moshe. He's born after six months, so they're able to hide him for three months until the uh, supervisors came around. Look at them. Bas Bahre comes out. She, we know that she converted. We'll speak about it a little bit. Migilule Beisavia. And her arm stretches, and she gets Moshe, and Moshe's not nursing from anybody because the Pesha Deeper Kaddish Baruchu is not going to nurse from a Gaisha lady. And suddenly out pops Miriam from behind the bushes. Hey, I got a nurse for you know for this kid. And Moshe's own mother ends up nursing him and gets paid for it. I get the shakup. That's the way to do things. Okay. Um, fine, Moshe Abinu goes and he's being raised for two years at home. Then he goes to Basparoi, and when he's 13, he goes out and he sees his brothers in pain. And first he sees a mitzvah beating a Jew, and he kills him. Then he sees a Jew hitting another Jew, and he says, what are you doing? They get upset, they report him. He goes running to Midian, okay? He goes to Midian, he gets put into a dungeon, he gets married to Tzipaira, they have a son, Gershaim, they start leaving, and we know the Malachim to start swallowing up Eliezer, because uh, um, he didn't have a bris yet, and Tzipaira kicks in, she gives him uh, the bris. Um, I skipped. Akash Baruch Hu told Moshe to go back to Mitzrayim, he gets permission, and on the way back, that's what happens. Um... Kodesh Baruch gives Moshe Rabbeinu a few codes. What's the name of Hashem? Eke, Asher, Eke. Moshe says, who am I to, to, to take out the Jews? I'm a nobody. I can't talk. I can't speak. Aaron will speak for you. Shem gets upset about Moshe. Finally, Aaron comes and he greets him. They go to the Shivim Zekanim. Come with us. The Shivim Zekanim are not scared. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have to convince the Jews, even though he thought the Jews wouldn't believe him. And Hashem gave him the three signs. Right? The sticks went to the stake and the hand got saras and the water down. The Jews believed them straight off the bat. And we learned from there, Choshei Bikshayrit, not to think of people that they won't believe you and they really will. Okay. Finally, he goes and um, Paroi says, Me Hashem, Hashem, who is Hashem, that I should listen to him and I'm going to make it even tougher on you. Paroi goes and he makes it tougher on the Jews. The Shaitrim go out and they're getting demands for the same amount of bricks while still also having to search and put together their own straw to make their cement. And finally, the last piece, they complain to Moshe. And Moshe goes back to Benjamin and complains, Lama Reyesa! You know, you said you would do good. We're going to bring the Gulen. Things are even getting worse. So that's the summary of the passage. The Ramban gives an introduction to the entire Seder Shemais. The Ramban says, 
as an introduction, we finished the, the seeding of the world. The Avos, or Maisa Avos Simulabanim, that was pretty much feeding the world all of the potential energy of the things that would come up afterwards. And now finally begins the actual story. The Gullus, the Tsarist coming out of the Gullus. And he says, Sefer Shemais can be described as the Sefer of Gullus and Geula. The Sefer of Gullus and Geula. It starts with the trials and tribulations of Gullus, and it ends with, one second, we got out of Pachat Bashalak. Most of Sefer Shemais is, we're already out. It says Ramban, you're not out until two things happen. It's only Geula if you return to your place and you return to the Maila of the Avais. You return to the level of Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, the Avais. And he says, that happened by Maimed Sinai. We raised ourselves, Hashem raised us to a level of the Avais. And right after Sinai, we built the Mishkan. We're home with Hashem. We're not home in Eretz Yisrael. The whole point of being home in Eretz Yisrael is to be home with Hashem. And since in the Midbar, Hashem was resting in Shechina, the Mishkan, home meant, like the famous story they say, the muscle of the baby, that has uh, millions of frequent flyer miles. But it never left its home. You know why? Because it always traveled with its mother. So to Klai Yisrael. It could be traveling around the Midbar for 40 years, but if it's switched to Shechina, Klai Yisrael's home. That's where we ended off the Shia last week. We said from uh, Rabbi Gedal Yeshur that you could be with Hashem even in in the darkest of Gullahs. If in your mind you're with Hashem, you have Geula. You're with Hakash Baruch. You have all the art of the world. Anyway, so that's from Ban's introduction to Sefer Shemais. Ve'ila Shemais B'nai Yisrael. Balaturim. Listen to this Balaturim. Ve'ila Shemais B'nai Yisrael. You ready for a, wrong, a, a long Rashi Tevais? I think you have it in the art school. Ve'ila Shemais B'nai Yisrael. Guys, get ready. The Adam Asher Lomade Haseder Shnaya Mikav Echotargum, a person who reads the Parsha, Shnaya Mikav Echotargum, Bikoil Noim Yashir, with a nice voice, he sings the tune, he does it with the Ta'amim, with the trap. Yichye Shanim Rabot Aruchim Le'olam. He will live many long years and live forever with Chiesa Mason. It's like the longest Russian tape is ever. <laughs> Basically, this is a shout out. Shemais, Sefer Shemais is Russian tape. Forget the whole rest of it. Shemais is Shnayim, Mikra, Echad, Targum. Michael, you got it? You're supposed to ask me a question. Why Shemais? If you start Shnayim, Mikra, Echad, Targum now, you're very late. You missed the whole Sefer Bereshis. When should you be starting Shnayim Rekavechadagam? A long time ago. What are we kicking in now? Shemais, hey guys, Shnayim Rekavechadagam, woo! <laughs> You're very behind if you first start now. <clears throat> so I asked this to the 8th grade of YVH. And I told him to come back to me with an answer today for 20 hours. Nobody gave me an answer yet. But Robbie Rosenblatt said he thinks it has to do with the fact that, like we just said from the Ramban, we're, we're transferring over from the phase of Avais to the phase of Banim. And I didn't really know what to do with that. What's that? Shemais is okay. We're going from Bereshis, which is all about the Avais, 
and now I'm focusing on Klai Yisrael. What? But uh, it, it was a springboard for me to think further about it. So especially as Rosenblatt. And perhaps, perhaps, I don't know, I didn't see an answer. The word is, there's a mitzvah of the Av to teach his son Torah. You got a mitzvah to teach his son Torah. How much Torah do you have to teach your son? What's the minimum requirement of teaching your son Torah? Of course, whatever you can afford, push more. Pay those at bay and pay the tuitions, pay the kailionalites, pay the tutors. Pay, you know, whatever you can afford, more Torah, more Torah, nice and sweet. Big time one day, as much Torah as you can absorb. Stuff him, right? But what's the minimum? The minimum is Torah Shebiksav, which I believe is Chamisha Kumsetayr. Not even Tanakh. Chamisha Kumsetayr. Perhaps, perhaps we could say, Taka, like Rabbi Rosenblatt was saying, is that to give over from Avais to Banim, when the Torah gives a Chiyuv, a minimum, it's a minimum that every single Jew could keep. Shas. Not everyone could do it. Not everyone could do it. All of Midrashim, all of Allah, this, this Torah is vast. Everybody's going to push themselves to the best of their abilities. Can I know a shot ten times from you? No less. Got that? Got that? But there also must be a minimum. Perhaps this is what the Torah is saying. We're done with the Avais, we're going into the Banim. They're sinking into what level of Tumah? 49 levels of Tumah. They're going into Mitzrayim, into Golis, into a darkness, into Ervasa, the most decadent, low society ever to exist. But you know what they can still do? Chumash. Everyone could do Chumash. The hint for Shnayim Mikovecha Targum is not in Sefer Bereshis. The people, the High Madriga, Avois, Avram Yisrayaka, Yisrayaka, no, 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 no. It's for Golis. In the darkest, worst, hardest times, Panasa, families, Goyim all around you, smartphones, <gasps> you could still do Shnayim Mikra Ha'echon Targum. That's your thing that you could always hold on to, anchor yourself into. Daf is great if you could do it. So what happens if somebody's, I can't do the daf. Oh, okay, I'll do Torah anytime. No! Can't do the daf! Shnayim Mikra Ha'echon Targum. Every year could do that. I believe that p- perhaps is why it's hinting to us over here in Shemais. Okay. Pazik says, these are the names of the Nesol Haboim Mitzrayim that are coming to Mitzrayim. Ish Ubeisai Ba'u. Coming. And then it says, Ba'u. They came. Why are we shifting from present tense to the past tense? There's a different discussion. The Vidul Kliyakar says those that are coming, so they were still coming, like with Yaakov Avinu, and then those that already came. My father said a very nice chat. He said, we know that Klaisel had certain schusim that they kept with them all their lives, even in Mitzrayim. What were they? They didn't change? Their clothes. They didn't change? Language. Language, and they didn't change? Their names. Their names. Very good. Beautiful. Yaakov Talish. All the way, shout out. Okay, so the three things they didn't change, says my father. With this, they retained that feeling that we're still immigrants. We're not totally blended in. They may have sunk in, they may have lost a lot, and done a lot of avarice and everything. But their names and the clothing and the language that they kept, that allowed them to still feel we're not one of them. 
We're not Egyptians. Rabbi said we're not Americans. Sorry. We're not Americans. We're Yidin from the Altaheim. What's the Altaheim? Oh, oh. Not Poland, oh. not Russia, oh. not Hungary. Not... Oh, it's Israel. Ivrim, that's who we are. Let's go. Okay. So it says, Pasik, hey, we just learned the Sefakarim five minutes after Mayrif. Shivim Nafesh. It should say Shivim Nifashot. 70 lives. Why Shivim Nafesh? We learned from here. Klaiso is one unit in one body. We're one unit. And there's different halakas that are applied in. <laughs> what was that? You're not a coin, right? You are a coin, yeah. So look at coin. One second. I can't do you, You have special mitzvahs. Says the Sefer Haredim. By me encouraging you, teaching you, guiding you, helping you to do your mitzvahs, I get the mitzvahs of Kuna as well. Because we're one unit. We're not detached. And there's a Jew living in Eretz Israel. Well, I can't fulfill the mitzvahs of Eretz Israel. Truma, Maisa, Shemitah, all these things. But if you learn the halachas and you help, encourage, support, give a little tzedakah to the Shemitah organization, by you tapping in a little bit, you're connected to the whole tree. We're one unit. And this way, every Jew could fulfill 613 mitzvahs. Not just your mitzvahs. What do you mean? Uh, I'm not him. He's got the mitzvah of Kohen, Levi. Every Jew could fulfill 613 because we're really all one body. And as long as I just tap into it a little bit by encouraging those and helping those that are supposed to be doing another chat similar along these lines is we say before Mitzvah Chasidim. <laughs> Chasidim say, any Chasidim over here? Please, somebody. Chasidim say, Before doing Mitzvah, we say, I'm doing this as a representative in the name of all of Klaiso. Because every Jew does a mitzvah differently. Michael, you do a certain mitzvah with a full heart, well, and certain mitzvahs you do half heart. But I'll, my, I might do that other mitzvah with a full heart. <sighs> Filling in for you. And you're doing a certain mitzvah with a full heart that I'm a little bit lacking in. So your full heart can fill in for me. And that's why when you do a mitzvah and say, I'm doing this for all of Klaiso. You want to know a time that you could really do that? Interesting time. You know, the Chazan's up there and he's doing Chazor Sashats. He's just thinking, okay, I hope I don't mess up. I hope I don't mess up. I don't mess up. The other people in the Kila, you know, they're thinking, everything under the sun. You know, you can do. Think about the words. At least the, the Kavala that goes in, it clicks. The Chazan is just nervous about the Kila. The Kila is totally spaced out. Do it. They're supposed to be paying attention. But. But if you do pay attention, you're connecting your machshava, your kavana, with his Shemona Esrei. We're able to do that. B'Shem Kol Yisrael. Shivim Nafesh, we're one unit. We're able to do that. Okay. A little summary. It's interesting. This is like its own topic. It says, these are the names. Reuven, Shemelad, Yehuda. There were 70. And then, Patsik Zayim, Bnei Yisrael, Paru. Vayishutu. Vayirbu. Vayatzmu. Bema'oid. Ma'oid. Six words expressing the multitude of the Jews. This is where we get the Medrash, that six were being born at the same time. But six were only born at the same time, only at the end. In the worst period of the harshest slavery, which is like the last few years, that was it. He wasn't doing this for generations. He couldn't handle it. <laughs> How many babysitters could you find? You know? Six at a time, right? It was only the last to Kufa. So it's interesting that the Psukim over here is almost like giving a summary. 
You know what these, this whole parish of slavery and gula is about? Like the Ramban says, Golas and gula. It's about starting off with just a tiny little family and becoming vayatzmu b'ma'id ma'id. That's what it's about. That's perhaps this Indian that's brought down that the Geula Asida says, Ein ben David ba. It says, Mashiach is not going to come. Ad sheyichlu nishamois shabaguf. Mashiach will not come until the souls are finished from the body of Adam Rishon. Adam Rishon's soul gets split into millions and billions of tiny parts. And when all of those fine bodies in Jewish people... That is when Mashiach could come. So the Geula is dependent on the Ya'atzmu, the Ma'oid, Ma'oid. Having a lot of children, a lot of family. Okay. Pasikhas. Can I say something? I insulted somebody. How could you not know Yosef? Can anybody here not know George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Christopher Columbus? You ever heard of a guy named Biden? <laughs> Obama, you ever heard of Obama? Who could not know? And it wasn't even so much later. What was it, 50 years? 50 years ago, we had a guy named Kennedy. Everybody knew You heard of him, you knew about him a little bit. He was a guy who got shot because he didn't wear a hat. That's how important it is to wear a hat. Shiva Bakr, remember that. First president to take off his hat got shot in the head. Keep that in mind, okay? But anyway, we all know that. How is it possible for a king, a politician, in a, in a land not to know its founding fathers. Yosef saved the country. Zakmaron. You want to hear a beautiful chat? He said the story of Yosef was so magical. It was so beautiful. So sweet. A young 17 year old was kidnapped and almost died. And then he was sold as a slave, thrown into the dungeon, accused by his boss's wife. King had a dream and he came and interpreted it and he rose and saved the nation from slavery, from, from mm-hmm. hunger. It sounds like Disney. <laughs> Snow White, I don't know. <laughs> Aladdin or That's what it sounds like. <clears throat> so some people in Egypt, it sounded so beautiful and nice. It was like a cultural legend. Like George Washington didn't lie about chopping down the cherry tree. Who knows? Their parents were still slaves. What? Their parents were still slaves in Paris. What do you mean, who? And they all sold them their own, all their nephews and all their yeah. lands to Paris. Paris yeah, but the story is, so pirates are controlling country. Well, you're telling me that there was a Jew kid who came from across the land, a little nothing guy from the Dutch. <laughs> nice story. Nice legend. Nice legend, almost like the turkey for, for, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> what? When? Where? That's what it means. It was too good to be true. Okay. Pasig <clears throat> Yud. Listen to this. Sapari so says, Hovon is Let's outsmart him. Sarachi so says, Him. Laam is Malazis. Referring to the nation again as one unit. Let's outsmart him. Rabbi Seinu Darshu, let's outsmart Moshe on Shal Yisrael. Let's outsmart the savior of the Jewish people. Yeah. I once saw a pshat, I don't remember from who, in the Ein Yaakov, in Masechus Pshachim, says as follows. Pari had a good intent. He said like this. 
Why is the God of the Jews sending the Jews to me? You know, I guess maybe there was some kind of knowledge that they knew that the Jews had to be enslaved or whatever. Why is the God of the Jews sending them to me? Why doesn't he take care of them himself? They must have sinned. They must have done something wrong. The God of the Jews is upset at them. So why are they under my power? It must be their God couldn't punish them. You have to realize, all the Goyim believed in very limited gods. There's a wind god, fire god, water god, you know. And each had limited power. So Pari said like this, it must be that for whatever reason they deserve to be punished through water. And their God can't do water because he promised not to be a marble. So that's why he's relying on us to punish them with water. Let's throw the babies into the water. <laughs> he's doing favors for God. <laughs> that's when you know we got problems. You don't need to do God any favors. Hashem gives you a mitzvah. You're doing a mitzvah for yourself. It's for your own good. This goes into along the lines of what we learned about earlier. We said that in his dream, it says the Pari was standing, and the Magister says, our, our religion is different than all the Goyim. The Goyim stand on their gods, because Bogus stands by us. That means the Goyim perceive that they're serving and helping out their God. Their God needs them for things. So I'm standing there to help you out. <laughs> we don't believe that. God doesn't need our favors. Hashem gives us a matana. Hashem gives us a gift of the Torah and the mitzvahs. Okay. So he was worried that there's so many Jews, the Naisaf Gamhu al for they're gonna gang up against us and join our enemies and kick us out of the land. This Farnley says, unbelievable thing. Why was Pari worried they're gonna gang up against against Egypt? Until the slavery, until they did anything wrong. Why would the Jews hate them? They didn't. They weren't. Kleiso was living in Goshen, Gishmak, beautiful, wonderful. Why, if an enemy attacks Egypt, would Kleiso join the enemy? That's what he would have done. Why would he do that if he's living a good life? Do you have any reason to be anti American? Anti Trump, okay? <laughs> Why? Baruch Hashem, you're living in a country that they're letting you live your life of freedom. What was wrong? The Sforno says that because. Almost like by Akashverish and Abba. They don't marry our kids. They don't eat with us. They eat what we believe to be our gods. It must be they hate us. And they want our demise. That's what Pari thought about the Yidden. You hear this? <laughs> it's such a... People think that a lot of times. He, he doesn't like me. My teacher doesn't like me. My rabbi doesn't like me. My principal doesn't like me. Huh? Who's that? You have a guilty conscience about something? Make a tasty. But Paroi thought that the Yidden, because they're separate, like Haman said to Akashverosh, because they're separate, it must be because they look down at us. They hate us. Now we have to be worried. If another nation comes to attack us, they're going to join the other nation. Okay. Pasukud Aleph. Paroi goes. Goes. By Simul of Sari, me Simlam on a nice side, and then Pastor Kikim says, By Yavidim with Simon's Menes of two different stages. Stage one was government funded jobs, unionized retirement made by the government. It was Parry did it. He made officers, official government positions with very limited, you know, time slots and jobs to do. 
but it didn't work to weaken the Bnei Yisrael's population. That's what he was expecting. He was hoping that that would limit the clap, but the population growth continued. So then he says, He gave it over to all the Egyptians. You guys are their lords. Do whatever you want with them. That's why it was Befarech. It wasn't a limited, specific function of what the Jews would do. It was anything. It was Befarech, brack-making labor, and anything. Once it wasn't a government thing, it was just up to the people. The people abused us. Ready for this one? Bechoimer! Bechal Bechoimer! Bilveinim, bebinyan of mikasov echad, ubinyan of mistake zuvim. I didn't see the zayir inside, but if the zayir didn't say it, I would love to add, but I, I can't add. But it starts off the avoid kasha with the avoid of having kashes. You have a kasha in the sugya, and then you have a kavuchaymer to answer it. Binyan of mikasov. What's going on here? The zayir is teaching you a chiddush. Don't think Shavit Levi got out easy. Shevet Levi had Avoida Kasha Bechaymer Gubuvenin. The same effort and toil and stress and Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Mitzrayim, that the Yidden had in their slavery. Shevet Levi had Amelos, Viagia, and Kashas, and Terutzim, and Chaymer. The same thing. Instead of it being physical on their muscles, it was on their muscle of the brain. Real amelos, because Adam la'amol yulad. We're here to work. And it says, Kol ol If you're not going to do taira, you're going to have ol malchus. Ol derech eretz. That's what Klayisol did. They, they took upon themselves the ol malchus. When they were paying good jobs in government, good retirement and tax benefits and insurance or whatever, Klayisol went for it. Ol malchus, they dropped ol taira. Levi kept ol taira, but it's ol taira. I'm talking about taking it easy. You know, once in a while, poppers. Okay, man. <laughs> I'm not learning unless I get poppers. No, no, no. You learn no matter what. Pasva melech toichal means, not that you have to have pasva melech, but it means, come what may, I'm learning. Even if all I have to eat is pasva melech, I'll learn anyway. I gladly got poppers? Great. That's a Rashi lens. That's Kabbalah's oil toira. Okay. So he tells them the Aldois, Pasik tells love. were Egyptian names, so we know the Majesty were really Yechev and Miriam. Um, the the Yonis and Benuziel has a whole long shot over here because why the change? Why suddenly did he decide to call over the midwives? L'chayra, the embitterment and the slavery and the back-breaking labor that all the nation now was putting on to the Jews should have done the trick. It doesn't say over here that they continue to increase, like it said before. Says Yonis and Benuziel, Paro had a dream. He saw Mitzrayim on the scale, and he saw a little Shepsalah on the other side of the scale. And that little Shepsalah tipped the scale and tipped over the entire Mitzrayim. And he was bothered by the dream. And he brought in all his necromancers and magicians, Mekulu Mekulu. And finally... His two chief magicians, what were the names? Yumbrus and Jumbrus or something. Yanis uh, and Yumbrus, 
they came in and they said what your dream means is there's going to be a little Shapsalah from Klai Yisrael. One Yid is going to come and turn the entire Mitzrayim on its face upside down, destroy the whole Mitzrayim. But we're not actually sure if he's Jewish or not. And that's why Pai brought in the Mialdois and he says you got to start killing the babies. Okay. Um... They didn't listen. The Kliyakar says, What's the Chiddush? Of course they wouldn't. What's the Chiddush? A Yiddish, uh, what's the Chiddush? Maybe he says, I'll be pshat. Maybe they were Goyim. Maybe it wasn't Yechavim and Miriam. They were Ivriites. They were foreigners, you know, like a lot of nurses in hospitals <laughs> that taken over the country. Now they're striking. <laughs> Foreigners. And they were the nurses. And it's a chiddish that they had years. But for a yid to go against the king, because if you are Hashem, it's Pshita. The Ebbis Liagin, Riyagin Kamenetsky says, here's a big chiddish. Because Pyra gave them a sign to do this in such a tricky way that nobody would know that they're killing the babies. So to, out of fear of the king, risking their lives to go against the king in a way that could be secretive and nobody would know the difference if they killed the babies and still oh to do something but sinner that nobody knows we always know any pasuk that you could trick people with the pasuk says is yiras hashem ani hashem on those took him by no it says it by weights it says all those things are you able to fool everyone around you that's yiras elikim says yakov kamenetsky this is uh, uh, uh. He says it's a year so like Kim that's unimaginable. It's on a whole different level, and that's why they got very special credit for it. But they have it. Hashem still knows, anyways. So like it's not. It's all. But that shows you're not scared of anything else. Just Hashem, because you have no other reason to do it, except for years so like Kim. Okay. I just have a, a question that I don't have an answer to. Everyone's welcome. Paro, he says, gives them a simon. He said to kill the babies on their way out, so they'll just assume it's a miscarriage. Nobody will even know. How are they going to know on the way out if it's a boy or a girl? So he says to Simon, boys are born face down, girls are born face up. I don't know if it's still this way nowadays. And I don't even know if it ever was that with Clive, so maybe it was just like Egyptians. I don't know. But he gives... Now, these are like midwives like from Maimonides, or even better, uh, Shari Tzedek in Hertz as well. They're delivering, you know, thousands of babies, you know, a week or a day, Right? Tara, he has to tell them. <laughs> you know, there's a probability rate of boys, you know, they're always born face down and girls face up. You don't think they'd know? What gives? I don't have an answer. <laughs> it hit me this time when I, when I was learning the Pyro show. Pyro's got to tell them how to tell it's a boy or a girl. What are you kidding? Not a perfect thing. It's probably uh, one of these. Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes not. He told me you don't take any chances. Okay, but then you don't have to give them the simon then. Still everybody. What? I'm saying you don't have to give them the simon though. The simon they know. 70%, whatever the percentages are. Now they know. So you want to tell them don't take chances. So he, so his chiddush is just saying use, use the use the simon you have already. The, the Gemara's mashma he gave them the simon. Simon masalahem. Simon masalahem. I hear. The Gemara's the Gemara's. He taught them this trick. Simon masalahem. 
just strange. Maybe they didn't really care for the I know, but he was telling them, kill only the boys, keep the girls alive. Usually before that, they would never care because they were just heavy anyways. It was happy that, oh, good, I'm a Jewish child was born. Why do they care for the You mean this time they never noticed? Yeah. Who's counting? You can't six at a time, you know? No, the dust is coming up. Who's noticing, boy, you know? Okay. Huh? Okay, they know, but I'm just rewarding. Okay, okay. There's, there's so much. I'm uh, like still just in the beginning of the passion. <clears throat> um, okay, Adover Azeh. So Paris says, Madua, why didn't you do Adover Azeh? Just interesting. Two things, and you gave them life. So one shot is you didn't kill. Plus, you also gave them life. And I saw Adover Azeh. The Sfarna says is. When I told you this, you didn't show any sign of refusal. It's almost like somebody who sends a shliach l'kadish l'isha, and he backs out of the middle. It's called Ramai. It's called Ramai. That's the Dov Razel. The fact that you walked out, you're like nodding your head. Yes. You should have told me that you have a problem with it. The fact that you walked out with the assumption, you betrayed my trust. That's Taina number one. Taina number two. Okay, it says, Vayit Hashem. Because Baruch did them a favor and he increased the numbers of Jews and started having more kids. What was the Vayitev? So I think the Dazakanim says, besides the gift that Hashem is going to give them later, Bate Kuhuna, Vayas Lembatim, Vayitev, Vayitev, because Baruch did them a favor by backing their claim. They told Paroi, oh no, Chasu Shalom, we didn't ignore you. The Jews are just multiplying like crazy. They don't need us, they're Kairis. Vayitev Hashem backed them up by making the Jews increase so much in number. That it was impossible for the few amount of midwives to cover for them. So it was obvious that it's true. Jews don't need midwives. They're all giving birth without them. That was backing their claim. That's the Vayetev. So Vayelachis, the base lady, and I forgot who, but some of us should say, Ish, the Pasik's telling you, don't think Moshe Abenu came through uh, immaculate conception. He was an Ish, and she was a Bas lady, or you look Ish, and you look Isha. The Emerson Yaakov says an interesting thing. What made Amram take your Shevet back? Says the Miriam came and said, Tati, you're doing worse than Paroi. Paroi is just on the men, you're on the boys and the girls. Said you're right. The If you look at the Madrashim over there, this was before Miriam was identified as a prophet. After her mother became pregnant, Miriam said, Oh, she's going to give birth to, to Mashiach as Yisrael. And when he was born, the house filled with light, right? But this was before she's known as a Neviah. Says of Yaakov Kamenetsky, How's it possible this little girl? Outsmarted her father Amram. Amram divorces his wife, and all of Kleisel gets divorced. No more babies at all. And his little daughter points out to him, Tati, you're being worse than Paris. How's it possible? See, he says, Chachmas Noshim Bansa Besa, Bina Yisera, Nitan Lanoshim, Bina Yisera. I would just like to say, youth. That's the power of youth. You're still open, you're not jaded, you're not depressed, you don't have Yush. There's opportunities, you're optimistic. You know, Amram was looking at it, you know, everybody's uh, being killed. What's the point of having children? Boys, girls, man of Kamina, everything's dark, everything's gloomy. And she's looking at, what do you mean? You can still, still something to save. You can get the girls in. Youth. Naro Yisi, Gamzaganti. We always say, Don't send me to old age. Old age doesn't just mean, you want to be old. We want to grow old. But what we mean is that our mindset, 
shouldn't be that like an old person. Always be fresh and new and curious. Okay. Basbari goes down, Allah Yahar. Rashi says, to wash off me Gilule base of via from the idols of her father's house. Why the idols of her father's house anymore? It should say Gerus, all of the Zara. Says the Chazam Zayver, very interesting chat. And why does she take Rachmanus on, on Moshe? He says in Zubzat, she knew why the Nile River rose at her father's feet. It was the bracha of Yaakov. Her father's going around telling the whole Egypt, when I rise, because I made the R, it goes up. She couldn't handle that. She knew the truth. The water's rising because Yaakov's bracha. It never happened before Yaakov gave him the bracha, and it only happened after Yaakov gave him the bracha. And she, I don't know, maybe it was a family secret. She knew that. So she was willing to give up Gilule base of Via, the idol of her father's home, which he identified himself as being the creator of the Nile and being, being an Avaita Zara. She wasn't a full-fledged Giyoyimus, at least not at this point. Later on, we know Kali married her. But at this point, it wasn't full. It was just to wash up the Giyoyimusa. And that's when she went down to the water. She was abusing the water. She went down to bathe, not for conversion. That was like a bit of Avaita Zara. You're using your father's idol to clean off your body. What bigger disgrace can you do for Avaita Zara? And then, in the water, which her father claimed to be, he always said, his own doing, and here's a Jewish baby. She says, I gotta take this kid in. You know, there's, there's something going on over here. There's so much more to say. Mr. Shem.